You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Robert Jones, nicely out to Emir Lewis. Emir Lewis is checking up, goes Yayan Evans. Yayan Evans is away. Can the cup, Welsh captain make it? He's going to do it. And it's a try for Wales. And the Welsh captain has scored his eighth and his 33rd international. Welcome to another episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Hopefully your heart rate has recovered by now after watching Wales edge past a 14-man Ireland. Uh, But we're here to help you through that. And we've got a load of listeners' questions to get through. As we always like to do after the internationals, we hand it over to you and have a takeover, all based around listeners' questions. So that is what the bulk of the show is going to be. We will have a chat to start the show about the other two games. So Scotland's fantastic victory over England and France's demolition job away at Italy. And I'm delighted to say that joining me to do that is Daniel Killick and the mighty Murph. How are we doing, fellas? Good, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Just about recovered, I think. <laughs> Dan, After that I, performance. I'm, I'm not just saying this, but you look greyer than you did last <laughs> week. I feel it. Yeah, the heart was... I mean, it was really going at the end there. Uh, <laughs> We'll obviously come on to the game, won't we? But uh, yeah, geez. I was trying to I was trying to cook a roast at the time as well, and it's that last crucial five minutes where everything's coming together. You have got the gravy, you got the you got the last bits of veg going on, um, you know. And I'm trying pulling a chicken out of the oven. There was absolute carnage. I felt like, I felt like <laughs> it all could have it all could have gone wrong. That's really bad planning of your day, that is. I would say. Yeah, I know. Well, I thought it'd be all right. I thought timings wise, you'd be all right. Get it in. Get the chick. Get the chicken in at kickoff. Spuds at half time. You know, I thought I thought it was all gonna I thought it was all gonna go to plan. But um you should have stuck to your your usual of your chicken curry in the oven, I think. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, that's that will be it. It's um yeah, it's all about doing a curry or something in one pot. Anyway, we have not got time to talk about my uh 
my uh, culinary woes. We've got so much to talk about on the rugby front. Uh, before we do that, of course, a quick word for our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some top quality coffee and support a fantastic Welsh business, you can do that at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Uh, right, we're going to start with uh, Scotland versus England, which was a brilliant game. Obviously, my plan of bigging up England only for them to disappoint must have clearly worked. Got inside Eddie Jones's head. You can thank me later. Uh, how impressed were you with Scotland, Dan? I was seriously impressed with, with Scotland. Yeah, that was a the complete performance, I think, from them. Uh, a, a load of players went went extremely well. I thought Gray Gray for me was was man of the match. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Hard carries uh, was was sort of made a, a load of sort of in terms of where he lied lied on the ball cute plays defensive work in the line out was was superb and was just all over the park and um he really led that peck well Cameron Redpath we talked about him a lot last week he looked so classy game, on the ball yeah he just looked so comfortable on the ball hard hard, hard to believe that you know he's uh, he hasn't had any minutes before i mean he just looked just looked great, didn't he? Really, really quality and assured. And yeah, a, a, a real, I think we've got to mention Steve Tandy because uh, what a job he's done there. Mm. I mean, they've always had an attacking flair, haven't they? But mm. that, 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 you know, the pack went so well. They look like a real, real mean outfit. And, and defensively, they were, they just completely strangled England out of the game. England didn't know what to do. They didn't, Murph. Uh, I, I suppose on the counterpoint, how bad are England? Well, I was just going to say, uh, as Dan was complimenting, quite rightly complimenting Scotland, uh, that performance I think has been coming for England. Mm. They've just stopped playing any rugby. And if you keep doing that, eventually you're going to have a bad day where, where the, the set piece is not getting you on the front foot. And once that happened, I mean, their scrum, uh, I wouldn't say it was under pressure, but it, it wasn't the source of penalties it normally is. And they after that, kind of the halfbacks were looking around for something else to do, if you know what I mean. And um, I, 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 love, I wish I'd stuck my neck out more last week so I could say I called it. Because um, I noticed in the week that Scotland were plus 13 on the handicap bet. Oh. I know. And I, and I, oh. I did, I, I, I got like uh, witnesses who can say that I, I recommended Scotland plus 13. I didn't think they'd win. I, I thought it, I thought it'd be a close game, you know, a narrow win for England is what I thought it'd be. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that the game, well, I, I think people are still, un- Shh, sorry. <laughs> I think people are still underestimating France. Um, their second team who'd never played together before yeah. should have beat England last, uh, uh, last, uh, November. And you see what happened yesterday when they first turn up. And um, I still think it, I was listening to the pundits today. Uh, you know that forum thing they do after the yeah yeah. Game I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see it. I was eating said roast, but um. All right, yeah. But, uh, well, they, they were on about how terrible Italy were, and I, I honestly think there was a forty-point defeat yesterday. I think there'd be some similar scores by France against other teams this season. Yeah, I, th- I think. Do you know what? You're right. It, it, I mean, it's easy to say it's terrible by Italy, but. There's so much class in that French side. You know, they've got, they've got absolutely everything. Bruising forwards, uh, really clever canny back rowers, a, you know, a pair of halfbacks with Untermack missing, 
who look effortless on the ball. I mean, Dupont might might as well be the best player in the world, I think, right now. And he was stunning in everything that he did. And uh, and yeah, I, I just think I, I, there's there's no there's no weakness in that team right now. No, I, I um, was thinking about Dupont this week as I, I put him down as uh, best player in the world, and then I, I was properly racking my brain. And in, in that bracket is Semi Randrandra, mm. and not many others. No, not many others are in that. There's probably some amazing forwards knocking about, you know. But like I like that new Australian Taite Tapu. But you know, no one who's worldwide worldwide recognition as being the best player in the world. So um, he's not far off. If he's either there or he's second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I think you're right. And um, also, what you know, while we're having a quick look back at last week, I mean, basically everything I said turned out to be turned out to be wrong. Really, Teddy and Thomas, mate. Teddy Thomas. You're that's right. That's it. I got to cling on to Teddy Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, at least at least that's that was a. Uh, that was one good thing, but something I did mention while we, while we bring it back to while we bring it back to the England Scotland game for a sec was that I thought it would be of benefit that they could manage the the game time of the the Saracens players, and on the whole they looked really rusty. I thought Atoji again. I, I was really surprised to see some people having a pop at Atoji on Twitter. I thought I thought he was I thought he was the only England player really to come out of that with any credit. Uh, maybe Cowan Dickey off the bench, but. Uh, you know the the other Saris players looked looked really short of game time. You know it it showed. Farrell had an absolute maybe his worst game in an England shirt. Yeah, difficult to. Well, he's normally on the front foot all the time. Yeah, so he's, that's true. You know he's in the in, in the the armchair as it were. And um, there was a there's a clip that's going around of him with about five man overlap kicking the ball. Have you seen that? It was on Twitter. I think it was Murray Kinsella again. And uh, he's got fairly quick ball, massive overlap of players. Kicks it straight down the, you know, grubber down the fullback's neck, and I, I mean, that is partly a product of the way they've been playing anyway, mm. and partly because he hadn't touched the ball since November in anger. So, um, yeah, and I, I mean, uh, to <laughs> to make matters even funnier, Saracens got beat yesterday. I hadn't noticed that. That has, yeah. uh, that I've missed that. Who uh, who who did a number on Saris yesterday? Ealing Trail Finders again. Oh right, okay. Well, I mean, they've got no, they've got no uh, kind of uh, standing outside of England. I mean, no one in Wales would necessarily know who they are, and definitely not, not over in Ireland. But um, I, I don't know what sort of side Saracens have put out. But and there's also the talk of ring. Fe- I know it's getting well off topic, but the ring fence in the Premiership. I mean, honestly, I genuinely think with the rugby news this week, we could talk for four hours. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, is all the more reason for me to not talk about bloody roast potatoes for the first five minutes. But, yeah, <laughs> no, just just quickly on that premiership point. Again, it's absolutely fascinating bit of rugby politics that this ring fencing, which has been you know spoken about for 50, pretty much since the premiership began in the professional era, has been spoken about ring fencing. And it looked as though that was very much going to be become the case, only to get pulled at the 11th hour, which is... You know, which is fascinating, but they were talking about a thirteen-man premiership. And yeah. I thought, well, just put bloody Ealing in there and make it fourteen, like a normal. You know, you can't have a league with thirteen, and it is mad. Well, surely they were saying the thirteen thing purely to look after Saracens because yeah, hundred percent. Well, and they're, they didn't want to freeze them out and all the other nonsense. But what if that team <laughs> that gets promoted is Ealing Trail fine? I mean, I don't think it necessarily happened. What if? Would they run them up then, or would they rather just keep it at twelve? Well, again, this is it, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. I mean, you've just got to find some actual, real, um, 
you know a real way forward for for that league i think but it's um yeah, yeah it's, it, it's that's definitely another one for another time it definitely but is yeah. it is let, something i was keen to get both of your thoughts on i'll throw to you here dan as the uh, as our resident number 10 expert who advanced their claims with regards to being lions 10 you know it's very much a battle of Finn Russell versus Owen Farrell. And I don't think either particularly did a great, uh, had a great audition. Well, we've already said Farrell didn't. I don't think Finn Russell had his uh, had his finest hour. What was your assessment of the, the 10s on offer? Yeah, I'd say none of the 10s um, were sort of completely error-free or looking dynamite in attack. But you'd have you'd have Finn Russell, wouldn't you, after after this, uh, this weekend's uh, performances, for sure. I mean... Yeah, Murph, Murph, and you touched on it there with Farrell. He looked, he looked completely at sea, didn't he? He looked, looked off song, and um, yeah, I think the fact that they, they haven't had any attack, and Eddie Jones has been commenting, isn't he, that we'll, we'll, we'll get to the attacking, fa- attacking phases and plays, you know, at some point, it, it, it just completely backfired, and um, Scotland tactically completely undid them. But I'd say Finn Russell at the moment. Yeah, Murph. What about you? Well, it was it was it was actually a perfect opportunity today for Dan Bigger to t- take a mm. lead in the race. Yeah, because they were both fallible, shocking, and um, uh, Finn Russell was one of his error strewn games. Although he didn't do anything terrible, he like he was miscuing uh, kicks into. It's and... the yellow. It's the yellow cards. The one though, isn't it? That everyone will look at. If you do something as brainless as that in a in a test match for the Lions. It could yeah. cost you. It could cost you the whole series if you do that against South Africa. That's the thing. Now, I still don't think that's going to be enough to to leave him out. I still think he is the the ten that you try and build yourself around. But that's the stuff he's got to cut out. Yeah. Well, I mean, regardless of today's form or yesterday's form, all three probably are on the plane, and then whoever plays best on the tour is going to end up as ten. I would imagine. But from this distance, I can't see how you can pick Farrell at ten because even if England go well. There's no creativity with his play. So, that, I mean, I, I always feel really biased and mates of mine who are much more qualified in rugby than me disagree. But I just can't see how he can't, he doesn't seem to be able to get a backline moving unless it's, unless his pack has made 30 yards of hard grunt first, if you know what I mean. I'd, I'd like I'd, to see Ford, Ford play there for, the, for England. I think right, I have no doubt he'll have to. No, I, I, yeah. I don't think how they can, I don't know how they can persevere with Farrell in the next game. I honestly can't say how they can. No, I think yeah, I think you're right. That was the one thing I was going to say. Actually, is of the tens on the pitch in the the Scotland England game, the one who probably advanced his cases for getting on the the Lions plane more than anyone was George Ford. You know, I think that it, it just showed the lack of creativity that that Farrell offers. But you know, as I've said before, I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. But as a as a twelve, you know, I just I don't think that. Uh, yeah, you're right. He, he just did not look comfortable um, at ten, particularly when they didn't have front football. Mm. Um, which they did not. Uh, yeah, let's quickly touch. I know we we touched on it there, but France, Italy, Dan, you got anything uh, anything else to to add on top of that one? Uh, do, you, yeah. do you think that the France, you know, France are, are going to keep up this level of intensity and, and romp home? Yeah. So I thought France played well. I didn't think they were they hit the the top the top of their straps, and mm. um, I think Murph meant Murph was sort of alluding to that Italy actually. I thought they played all right. You know, at, at times I thought Varney, you know, Varney did some very clever stuff. He got the pick and goes going. They were making really good yards. And I was thinking that tactic is brilliant. Keep it going, keep it going. But obviously what happens with Italy 
as it does every year. They make errors and they did make, you know, six or seven errors and every single time they were punished. But they did find a way through, which I think is quite um, is quite interesting when we're looking at how to play against France. And also there was a lot of, um, there was quite a few gaps behind, you know, little dink overs, kicks to the left or right. I think they're, uh, their back three and their fullback, you you could potentially get some uh, some change from in that in that regard. But I thought Italy played well, you know, played okay. But but France, yeah, they're devastating out wide, aren't they? And you know, they I, just I, took their chances, you know, really really well. It was just the ability to slice through the defence, I think, and that's the thing that's really really intimidating about France. We all, you know, they've had even when they've not looked like winning titles, they've always had massive packs that could cause you a headache, you know, whether it's, whether it's scrummaging, mauling, or just, um, or just simply smoking you at the breakdown. But it's the fact that the backs look like an 80s, 90s set of French backs. Well, you know, better arguably. And, and that's the thing that I think is, uh, is very, very exciting to watch. But if you're, if they're playing against Wales, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty terrifying. Just while we're on Steve Varney though, I, I know I mentioned this in the autumn, but, I really do think that we've missed a trick there by not. If you'd have called him up, and again, I don't, I don't know this, but if you'd have got a call up for Wales as the third choice scrum half in, in the autumn, and therefore couldn't play for Italy and was was part of that Wales, but I think he's only nineteen, twenty. He's a young guy, so he's got a, he's got a, a big future ahead of him. He's going to play loads for Italy now, right? And he could have been. He played well as well. Yeah, well, in glimpses, you know, there was there was some stuff that went wrong. You know, the 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 pass that hit the deck that they went away and scored with the Dupont offload, and but yeah, I did. You know, I thought I I thought he kind of commanded the backs pretty well actually. So I think him and Garbizi have got have got a bit of a future there. They've got a pair of halfbacks to work with there, like we said on last week's show. And there were some nice some nice angles. The forwards were running off him. And it's France, you know, that France are an absolute league ahead of, uh, of where Italy are. You know, really, the, the game, I said it last week, the game Italy will be targeting is Wales. That is the one they will, fa- they will fancy a win against Wales, 100%. And uh, yeah, I thought, I thought Varney went well and I think, he's got a lot, I think he's got a lot of ability. And I just think that, yeah, we've, we've missed a trick by letting him go to Italy now. Anyway. Absolutely, yeah. On, on the, I've got a good point on, the, on France, but I thought that... Um, uh, uh, Matthew Jalabert, I thought he he, he looked 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 so comfortable on the ball. I like the fact that he just he, he he could almost sort of hold the ball and just run in circles, yeah. and he'll keep going in a circle until something an opportunity an opportunity sort of arises, and he'll just he'll just create something. He's he's a really classy operator, isn't he? And they've got such good nine and tens. To think how good they were, you know, without Entomac and. Maybe Shelley, but I mean he's been playing so well that yeah, their 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 reserve nine and ten is quality. It Absolute is, isn't it? Quality. You think if they were to have a, prob- <laughs> a probables versus possibles uh, and Intermac was fit, you could have uh, you could have Dupont and Intermac facing Seran and Jalabert. Like that's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. And how good was 13? Yeah, I thought, do you know what? I thought the whole the whole set of the backs were were completely yeah, just oozed class, and well, that, that um, was um, that was without Fakatawa, who's yeah, arguably exactly. the most dangerous runner. Um, I think a lot of it is just um, that you know the backs playing well and everyone else playing well. It's just a solid platform that they haven't had in a decade, and um, consistent selection. Because mm. uh, uh, there's loads of players in the last ten years who were way better than <laughs> way better than they showed for France, like Wesley mm-hmm. Fofana, 
Yeah. I think I think if he'd be like I'm sure I've said it before, if he'd born in a different French decade, he'd be talked of in the same hushed tones as Philippe Seller and the others. Yeah. Uh, Louis Picamont, yeah. one of my favorite players ever. Yeah. He just happened to come along when France were a disorganized load of caca. Yeah, I oh, know exactly. Mm. No, yeah. spot on there, Murph. Right, left. We better get on and talk about uh, and talk about Wales um, because there's a hell of a lot to dissect. And as I say, we we always like to hand this over to the listeners to do that. We've got way too many questions to get through, uh, but we're going to pick through uh, a couple of these. We'll start with this one from Reese Lloyd, and uh, this one is for you, Murph. How many colourful words did you utter when Gareth Davis booted the ball away with seven seconds left? <laughs> I had already lost it before that. Uh, there was a, <laughs> there was a massive outburst where I, I had to text the neighbours to say excuse me. <laughs> I can't remember what triggered it, uh, but I was it was one of those where you just punch in the sofa and screaming at the top of your voice, and um, yeah, it was infuriating. I mean, look, uh, that was one of the bad. There was quite a few like the line. Every, you could you could have sworn every single lineup nearly. Um, Scrum, uh, in fairness, the scrum was probably the best it's been under this uh, management. That's Wales's best best front row, isn't it? I yeah, think it's, well, it's the front. Yeah, it. like I say, I, I've said to someone in the week, it's the front row that held South Africa up in the World Cup semi-final, uh, and they showed today it was solid, solid enough. But like as a team, we don't seem to know what we're doing with it. So we didn't, you know, that was just a, one slight uh, bright point was a scrum. Yeah, no, I, th- look, I think that's. Um, we were just saying before we came on air that that I felt similar that the, the scrum was the one bit that went for. But f- you know, that line out is just so so shocking. It's um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this later because we had a lot of questions coming about that. Um, but there was a lot of in- poor individual decision making. You know, like, you know, I mean that that Gareth Davis brain freeze at the end of the game almost cost almost cost Wales the game. You know, I was saying to Dan before you. Uh, before you join the call, Murph, that if uh, if Billy Burns hits the uh, just you know hits it ten meter ten meters out and doesn't fluff his kick at the end, there's too much pressure on Wales. I think I, I think that would have buckled. I honestly do. I think I think we'd have conceded yeah. a try there. You know the way we were conceding penalties throughout that um, throughout that final passage of the game. How much of this? How much of that poor performance comes down to not having a clear game plan and identity? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think I think a good part of it does really. We we do seem uh, it seems so disjointed, doesn't it? I mean, you mentioned that off air that bar a few sort of individual and individual moments of of class, you know. To be fair, North, you know, North played very very well, and and Zamit took his try uh, exceptionally well as well. We're we're just not at the races, and I think. As a collective, when you look at the, all the you know all the penalties we give away, the the fact that we're not able to get any you know any turn any turnovers, we can't build any phase play. If you can't build phase play, then the team the team are not on the same page, are they? They're not together, and it's it's a tough watch. I th- I thought it was it was quite hard hard on the eye. You know, I enjoyed it because it was a you know it was a battle, and you know you're sort of on the edge of your seat, but for the wrong reasons. But it. I couldn't say it was an enjoyable game of rugby, really, from from our perspective at all. And hats off to Ireland; they played very well. Yeah, I thought Ireland deserved a huge amount of credit. Actually, you know, I said last week I haven't been massively impressed with them under Farrell. I think that they've got a lot to 
a lot to do. But one thing you can say is there was a hell of a lot of spirit when it came towards that. You go down to 14 men after that, you know, whatever it was, 13 minutes into the game, that takes that takes some doing to be able to to be in with a chance of winning it at the like, you know, if they'd have been spirited and then the last 10 minutes fitness took its toll, then then that's kind of one thing. But to be in with a chance of winning it right at the very death of the game, I think that's there's a lot of spirit in that and perhaps something that that they can build on. But yeah, Wales, on the other hand, it just they looked panicked. They looked like a team that almost felt under way more pressure when Ireland went down to 14. Rather than thinking, what an opportunity this is, it looked like, oh, Christ, what happens here? This is a chance for us to lose to a 14-man side. And again, you know, we've spoken about body language before, but it didn't look good. It just did not look good, particularly when Ireland scored the try. They felt, you know, and fair play, they, they got the win. That is, you know, that is the important thing. But it just all felt very, very disjointed. And there's so much to work on. There is so much to work on. It, uh, yeah, for me, it was much more negative than positive. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for Peter Romani being a dick, we would have lost. If Jan yeah. got sent off, they would have beat us. Although we were playing well, ironically, when he got sent off. Eventually, you know, uh, Peter Romani, uh, he, like, he, he's, I'm a fan of his because he, he's not that big a bloke. But he, no. he, he kind of punches above his weight just by pure force of his will, I think. Uh, but he got caught out. He, he's had form recently for that because if you remember, there was an incident with Jake Ball. Jake Ball at Christmas, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Smashed him in the face. Yeah. Somehow we got away with that at the time, if I'm correct. Yeah, he no. got away with it being cited as well. He only got like a fortnight or something for it. It was, exactly, it was almost exactly the same thing, except it was a player lying over the try line instead of yeah. a player caught in the wrong side of a ruck. So I'm glad he got caught today. It was a dick move and he deserved it. But if he hadn't been a dick, we, we would have lost that game today. And then we'd all be sat here saying, well, we, we, you know, how soon before they can kick Pivak out? Well, yeah. I, I agree on that. And to be honest, the whole way through the second half, I was saying, God, if we win this, this is going to paper over the cracks here because we're just not yeah. getting, you know, we're, we're not addressing the, the big group. However, they did win the game. Right, that and that is it. And you know, often during the Gatland era, you know, you'd look at a game, a game where you snuck past Italy or something, and we go, "Oh, this is no good. We're not creative enough. We don't do anything." Or, or take you know that do you remember that France game in 2019 where we got absolutely smashed in the first half? George North scores two breakaway tries, we win. We then go on and win the Grand Slam again. Loads of people after that game were saying, "Oh, this is hopeless." You know, uh, now again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here a bit mm. because I think. I, I think we're knackered. I just I just can't see us turning this around at the moment. However, there is an opportunity to do it because you you have managed to get the win, no matter by how much luck. It all comes down to next week, and next week is against Scotland, who now have the added pressure of having to back up a win at Twickenham. So I don't know. There there could be something there. I I, I agree. We we I'll look me in particular. I'll look quite stupid if we beat Scotland next week after seeing what I've just said. But I, I think there's no clarity of message and there's no clarity of purpose on, in this team. And that's why people like Gareth Davis and other players are doing silly things in the game. Like uh, I noticed today, um, um, Ken Owens is waiting to throw in. He doesn't look confident at all. He's been told the move, the, the call by Wynne Jones. You know they do these days. He walked over, told him, and he's looking down the line like, like as if to say, "I just will be, I just will be throwing dice down this thing because it could go anywhere." <laughs> and um, that I think that that's you know that's spread throughout the, the squad, and that's why we're in such a hole. And, and the point I made to you 
not long ago, his exact same squad got to a World Cup, World Cup semi-final. So it's not personnel, it no. is, it, it, it's coaching. So, it, you know, if we win next week, I'll be as happy as anyone. But wow, will I be surprised if we win next week? Yeah, I think we uh, we seem very mentally uh, fragile at the moment. And I thought we started well. I thought this is, this, it, this is looking good. It's yeah, really I thought good. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I, mean, I was messaging the boys, said, great, you know, really good start. We're up for it, physical. Pack looks good. Yeah, it's it's game on. You know, hopefully, finally, it's coming. And obviously, you know, Lydia went off then. And um, that, that, that had an effect. And and the red, it almost like it sort of it shocked us, didn't it? We didn't, it kind of threw us. And I think that shows how sort of, how fragile we are, really, that we didn't quite know what to, what to do. <laughs> And um, everything, everything seemed to go to go out the window. I mean, fair play, we did. We worked our way. You know, we worked out. We worked a win, didn't we? But I think it was more for me. It was more a case that Ireland, you know, Ireland, Ireland lost that game, didn't they? Realistically, well, look, they they, they had fourteen men. You know, you sh- if you play against fourteen men for seventy minutes, you've got to win the game. You just have to. You know, I think that I think Italy would have won that game today. You know, and and that's the. If you sometimes you can play against fourteen men, I know it's those it's that cliche that you know it galvanizes them and they play harder, blah blah blah. But it's a numerical advantage. At some point, you're going to have an overlap. You're going to have a mismatch for seven, you know, or sixty-eight minutes. You, you got to make that count, and they did just. But yeah, it's yeah, it's that it's like Murph said, right? If Peter Omani, if Peter Omani wasn't a dick, then we would have we would have lost that game and probably quite comfortably, but. We we made it so difficult, didn't we? By you, if you've got a man off, you've got to build phase play, haven't you? Phase, phase, phase. Just just patience. Just keep going, keep going. For that, you need confidence. We didn't have any of it, and that's where I was. Yeah, the neighbours probably heard me as as your neighbours came knocking at your door. Probably, um, <laughs> you know what what are we doing? What is going on? <laughs> let's uh, let's build on that one, Dan. I want to ask you this one. Then this question is coming from John Davis. It says, "Was the lack of basic skills from the Welsh why we couldn't keep the ball as well as the Irish? Is it down to basic, uh, basic ball skills?" I don't think it is. No, because Murph mentioned it. It's the same side. It's the same side that was in the World Cup. It's, it's a lot of the same. The same side that have that got to, you know, got to be a number one for. Okay, less than the tomato season, but we, we, you know, we, it's the same group of players. It's, it's, it all stems to, for me down to management, leadership, coaching, and um, a, a sort of lack of togetherness that, that they, and when you don't have that in, the, in, in, in a camp, really, I think that it, it affects all the basics mm. and, and things go out the window. And it's, it's so much of it is mental. If, if, you're, if you're mentally off song, think the, the basics go go to pot and for for whatever reason we just we just not not there at the moment yeah Murph anything to add there yeah uh, Dan's right about up until the red card it's probably the best attacking shape we've shown and uh, well certainly since the autumn kind of mm. you know since uh, the summer since the break should we say the pandemic break um, but then after the red card it disappeared and, and this still the, the scrum, as I said, was good. There's still no defensive shape because no. there's been compliments for the number of tackles that some players made, like Tom Francis made a lot of tackles. 
which is fine. But the, the shape means that when they make those tackles, you, you, you don't end up with a turnover or you don't end up uh, catching the opposition behind the game line. It, it's just really passive. And, and, and like, especially with an empty stadium, the, a good defence should be deafening. Mm. You should be able to hear them the whole time. I didn't pick up on that at all. So um, there's so there's, look, there's so <laughs> there's so much wrong with the side that is. Uh, you're right about papering over the cracks today. It might have been better for 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 us if we got beat. I know. Yeah, Peter Romani, I, I, I hate saying that. Coverage. I know, I, but I hate saying it because it just it just feels wrong. But you you can't help but think on a on a on a day like that that. Um, that in the long run it will do you better to actually address your yeah, address your issues because that was just yeah look it's a win but it really didn't it didn't feel like one did it, it no it, I mean it wasn't it was it was a win but it wasn't encouraging in any way but it is a, in terms of results it's a step closer towards Pivac keeping his job for another two right. years up until the next World Cup and I don't think many I don't know maybe uh, I don't know I mean I want us to win all the time don't yeah. me wrong, but I don't think many people based on the first 12 months of his reign, want PVAC to stay any level time. No, I, th- I think it's a win with a big asterisk next to it. So <laughs> if you go on and win the Grand Slam, then that's that's the kind of collateral that's going to give you, you know, th- this game will be forgotten. They go, do you know what? They ground out that win and that was the platform to build on something. Yeah, we have to, listen, it, if we go on for a Grand Slam, we'll have to delete this podcast because of the things I've said. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, but that's it. You know, like, like I say, it's... It's an asterisk at the moment because it's, you know, there is a, it's against the 14 man side for, for well over an hour. So a hell of a lot of work to do. Right. And we've still got a hell of a lot of questions to get through, but we are going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get stuck in to a load more of your questions. Right. Don't go anywhere. Right, Dan, you're a man who likes to search for positives. I know that. And, uh, Perhaps this one is uh, is one for you to get your, your teeth stuck into. It's coming from the Dragon Thistle Rugby Podcast. Is Navidia Cyborg unreal? unreal yeah, easy for me to say, isn't it? Is Navidia Cyborg unreal performance after that much time away from rugby? It's not even a question, but <laughs> how impressed were you him coming off the bench that early in the game with only what, I don't know, he's got like about 50 minutes of, of rugby under his belt, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, I think he is a cyborg. Yeah, um, yeah, really, impre- really impressive uh, performance. And I was really frustrated that the Lydia went off. Felt for him. He looked. He obviously desperately didn't want to go. Did he? Uh, looked nasty. Really horrible to to watch the replay back. And bless him, really. I suppose he he thought I'll just carry on and. It's no, one of those where you didn't need to see the replay. The way he was holding his leg, he knew it was bad. Yeah, you know, you, know, you just you just know. He knew, didn't he? And he just thought, I'll, I, I can't go off. You know, when will I, when will I get another go? But yeah, and on, on comes Navidi. Uh, you know, we don't seem to be the same side without him, do we? So it was great to see him back on the part. And he got through, got through a lot of minutes, got through a lot of work. And yeah, it was an impressive performance. I mean, how he, how he went that well with being on so early, and you know, it was a, it was a. You know, it was a physical encounter, wasn't it? Mm. Um, very, very stop start. Yeah, brilliant from 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 Navidi, and it'll hold us in good stead moving forward. 
go, yeah, it was a physical encounter. Just ask Toby Falatau about that. Jeez, I've, I don't think I've ever seen Toby sat down like that before. I'd I, I genuinely, I can't think of any any example where um, he did, you know, Stander just, just caught him with a good one, didn't he? And, um, yeah. yeah, sent him flying. Sent him flying. Right, let's uh, let's take a look at this one, Murph. Again, kind of having a look at the, the game plan. This one's from Alan Howley. Wales played a lot of rugby in their own half, which is not the uh, not what we come to expect from the Gatland way. Uh, exciting to watch, but do you think it's a risk too far? I mean, for me, it didn't feel like it was a it was a conscious decision. It was just the fact that it was just we just had to defend all the time. Yeah, I don't I don't know where the exciting bit comes from either. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, a lot of today was just us not being able to get the ball, and then when we did, we couldn't keep all of it. So I suppose maybe. They were reluctant to kick it away again when they did that. But look, we were just saying about Toby Falato getting set down, sat down a lot. And a lot of that is because he's just getting a slow ball, mm. waiting for that ball to come, waiting for the, the other two parts of the pod to turn up. And then the Irish defence have lined him up. They know where it's going. Fly up and smash him. I mean, there's very few players around you are going to get away with that. Jake Ball's quite good from a standing start. Maybe Billy Vunipola as well will probably get away with it, although not on yesterday's form. No. Um, there was quite a few times where we were over the game line, uh, looked like we had, you know, tidy ball to attack with, and then the scrum half would wait for a pod to turn up mm. again. So uh, the, the, the shape they're trying to play, either they, not, either they can't do it, they're not used to it, or it's just useless in the first place something is really badly wrong in the, in the shape they're trying to put into place in attack even yeah, though it did go well was so the... slow wasn't it for, exactly the speed of or lack of yeah well if first, that first 20 i can't remember when peter romani got sent off but that it was period about 13, was about 13 minutes i think oh was it okay yeah. well, that first 13 minutes when they had the ball it looked okay but they seemed to be playing off 10 and then after whether they wanted to bring the ball closer to the pack because the pack was a man down, I don't know. But then they were attacking off mine all the time with that pod system. And that's when people like, not just Falato, but mm. a few people getting lined up all the time and just giving away uh, yardage and time. You know, you're giving away time that the, the defence is more organised and everything. So I, I honestly, I, I I don't think they know exactly what they're doing. And that's why they, that's why they look so poor. It, it's, it's, People are going to start having a go on social media to people like Gareth Davis for the silly errors they made, but it is honestly not. He, he, he's the same bloke. Obviously, he's a, not in the same form, but he's the same bloke who, who set the World Cup alight. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer. Well, I know what the answer is. <laughs> what I want anyway. Yeah, you, you, tactically, you, you've got to. There's so many question marks, aren't there, over over what we were what we were doing, what we weren't doing. I mean. It's it's quite difficult to to be tactically that poor, I'd say, with 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 one man off. I mean, they yeah, Ireland made it look like super easy. If if anything, it looked like they had the the extra man, uh, and we didn't just completely played into their hands. That was uh, yeah, that was hugely frustrating. Well, bigger seemed to disappear at one stage of the game, mm. and we know he's not that type of player. We know he likes to be in charge of everything. So what what was happening like? At the end, I didn't even because the game was so mental in terms of the number of injuries and, and everything else that was going on. I didn't realize that Harold Amos went off injured because no, I, did, I didn't. I only saw yeah. that when someone messaged in and said, yeah, yeah. said Oh, yeah, Lewis, uh, Amos is out. I didn't realize who came yeah, on. What, he, what came was it? 
No, it, no we ended up with Sheedy and Bishop. Sheedy, right, okay, right. Yeah. There was no subs left. When, and when uh, Lewis Rees Samet injured his wrist or his hand, it was gonna. If he had gone off, he would have ended up with Tipperick on the wing because there was no there was no backs left. Yeah, it was. It that was could have been proper... the answer. <laughs> Tipperick is the answer for everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was. Yeah, it was. It was the the injuries for both sides was a, it was crazy. It was. While we're talking about Tipperick, let's take this one. This one has come in from Peter Francis. Uh, was Tipperick at fault for the Ireland try and did he redeem himself with the tackle at the end? Murph, why don't you say that one? Uh, oh, the um, Tyke Byrne bust through the... Yeah, so Henshaw went Henshaw went through the middle off to Van der Fleer and then Tyke Byrne picked up and bundled over the line, didn't he? What, what did Tipperick miss? Who did Tipperick miss? I can't don't know. I'm trying to think. Well, I'm trying to think. Someone someone has presumably missed that tackle. I haven't seen it back. But Look, if, if, Tipperick's, if Tipperick is missing... Tackles, which yeah, you know something's wrong. It's not impossible, but the system has got to be partly involved, hasn't it? Because all they yeah, were he doing... missed the he was in the centre when he tipped out. When he missed, he missed. Yeah, he, he came in, came inside him. Well, yeah, they were they were attacking the inside shoulder, kind of pass out from a ruck or whatever, and a flick, pass back inside or forward. So I mean, that's really basic uh, defensive error if that's what caused it. Um, I am inclined to say that. Tipperick's never done anything wrong in his life, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I I'll watch a video and check. I didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a glaring at the time. It wasn't. Oh, I'll look at the state of Tipperick there. No, it didn't, it didn't stand out like that. It looked like a defensive system error, but not an individual error. Yeah, I'd need to have another look at that one. And what I would say is, again, I thought he had a good. You know, I thought he had a good game. You know, again, he looked the only one who was who was going to turn much ball over. He, and when he did have that uh, that great turnover, Halloway must put the ball out on the full, which again is just. You know, I think that's unforgivable, isn't it? I think that was the bit where I smashed shit out of my sofa and screamed my head off because that that was like a massive relieving opportunity. Just get it down the pitch, even if it doesn't go out. Yeah, that's it, though, isn't it? Just don't, don't, don't mess with margins where you're going to get anywhere close to the um, you know, anywhere close to the to the touchline. Just you know, if you if you get a nice bounce and it rolls and goes out for a line out, fine. But just yeah, get get distance on it. Uh, And while we're talking about. Distance again, it's another one from Peter Francis. Dan, you can take this one. Do Bigger and Halfpenny lack the distance on their kicks uh, when it comes to the aerial ping pong? I thought the kicking was was poor as a as a whole and and has been for for a long time. Uh there was a bit of positive. I thought there was a bit of positivity actually with um the chases from Zamet. Mm. I thought that he can he contested. I I is it a tactic that out left we don't compete? I don't understand why we don't compete for the ball. It, it it's really it's really perplexing. Uh, Zamit competed, and obviously we got some we got we got some wins from that. Uh, but the kicking, yeah, I thought the kicking was poor today, and the chasing was in the air. We don't look, we're we're not there at all. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, yeah, thought the kicking. Kicking from uh, from from both half penny and bigger was was not not good today. Agreed. We I, I, not just today. I think generally speaking, we kick shorter than the opposition. We don't punt it out of hand. Is not as long. Like uh, for example, no. the, our French fullback Boutier, he's about thirty yards longer than all our punters. I think the last really long punter of a ball we had was Lee Byrne. Yeah, but again, Byrne did a lot of. Um... 
because yeah, thing is again sometimes you're kicking you're kicking for distance other times you're kicking to contest now again what we had a lot of success of under Gatland was that Bigger would stick the ball miles high in the air he'd chase it himself he'd catch the ball and uh, and we'd have it again and and that worked that worked brilliantly well now when that's not working you end up because again Burn, Burn actually used to do a similar thing he'd, he'd smack the ball with a huge amount of distance but up in the air you know and it'd be it'd be when it comes down, it's got, you know, it's got snow on it and it caused all kinds of trouble. Um, and he was very good. He was very good at chasing his own kicks as well. But you're right. I, know, but I mean, sure, surely Bigger and Halfpenny don't actually lack distance. Surely they don't. I mean, when you see how cleanly they strike it off a tee, you can't, I, I can't, I can't think that it's, you've got to think that it's a conscious decision to kick it where they're kicking rather than they haven't got the, they, it hasn't got the power. Well, the thing is regularly, the opposition seems to be running onto our kicks, our distance, you know, when we're just putting length on. Yeah. We seem to be run onto yeah. it. And we constantly seem to be chasing back. Yeah. <laughs> our boys, when we're receiving a punt, end up over their shoulder looking at the ball, chasing it back. So something, whether they aren't, whether they have got the same uh, length kicks as the opposition, something's not right. They, they, one way or the other, it's not, it's, not, it's not something we do well at. We are kicking it right down the throats, aren't we? Of the opposition, we're not. We're not finding grass. We're not turning them. No. Even, even sort of little short kicks. Even the kicking. The kicking is um, is. It seems to be very basic. Uh, with 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 no chase game either. In fairness, in fairness, it wasn't great under Catalan either. No. 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 I know. No, no. Like I say, I felt like that was more of a more of a conscious thing, but. Um... But, but we, yeah. we were able to back. We 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 had a we backed ourselves in other in other areas there, yeah. didn't we? Where we could sort of make it work. But I think all of us were at times thinking, and even under Gatland, is this the right thing to do? But it, yeah, it's um, we certainly can't do it now, can we? No, because no, the defense the defense isn't there. Um, let's quickly talk about uh, a couple of other things that have been going on this week. So first, we've had Josh Adams's. Um, exclusion from the squad and for the Scotland game. And then we've also had the uh, the fracas between Jake Ball and Alan Wynne-Jones that left the skipper with a shiner. Uh, I'm going to start by talking... Dan you, Dan, you will know a hell of a lot more about gender reveal parties than you will about brawling. So uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to leave the brawl into Murph and ask you about that. I mean, Josh Adams... Obviously, he's made a massive mistake. He's admitted that. And I don't necessarily want to stick the boot in too much. But is this a sign, again, that it's just, you know, is this is this a really stupid idea from one individual? Or, again, is the message not coming from the team that you have got to be squeaky clean and you've got to be, you know, you, ca- you can't be taking any daft risks? You know, what, who's to... Kind of who's to blame here? I don't think, really, we can put any blame on... Uh... On the Welsh, on the Welsh management, or anyone for that matter. I mean, mm. everyone knows you can't go to a party. You just can't go to a party, can you? At the moment, um, so I think he's got to take that himself. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a moment of madness, really, isn't it? And it could have, could have been a lot, lot worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, um, you know. Right, come we, on. Yeah, go on. Though. I mean, on yeah. I'm just going to say that um, obviously he shouldn't be going to party, but I would imagine not just the rest of the squad, but the rest of the public who watched them has probably at some stage bent the rules slightly and done something silly. But what you don't do is then post it on a public 
social media. That was, I mean, yes. obviously he was wrong to go and he shouldn't mm. have that. But then for his girlfriend to put it on, uh, I think it was Instagram or something. Yeah, it was. That, that really compounds the whole thing and displays a real serious lack of awareness, on my, in my opinion. I, I, like, obviously, like I say, I, I would imagine some of these, but you know, like Lewis Reed Sanders, he's only 20. Mm. So, like, he's bound to have caught up with his mates in the last 12 months. He's, you know, done something. I'm not, he might be, he might be a complete, you know, square or something. I don't know. But, you know, at that age, I, there's no, if this pandemic came when I was 20, 21, I would have been arrested. No doubt about it. Because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I had no control over myself at that age. And imagine, I've, I've said this lots of times to friends of mine, but when I was still playing, Lady Di died. Mm. The funeral was on a Saturday for some reason. It was. Because, because the funeral was on a Saturday, all sport in the country was suspended. This is 97, I think. Mm, it was. Uh, I think I was 20 something. And uh, in the afternoon, I, I, I was ready to, I wanted to go out and have a scrap with, you know, with the local team or whatever, then go out and get drunk and then chase girls and then pass out. That was my Saturday. And by about three o'clock, I was going out of my mind. I was ringing my friends on the landline as it was then, a landline, remember them? And I was saying, I was going, why am I locked in? I didn't even know her. I didn't know the lady. I'm, sure, I'm really sorry for her. But why am I, why am I here? This is nothing to do with me. I just want to play. That was one Saturday, one Saturday in September. The, the boys who are playing now, like all this, well, it's different for the professionals, but the amateurs, they haven't touched a ball in anger since March of 2020. So I, I honestly, I would have gone mad if I was young. <laughs> Absolutely mad. Was that, was that, was that for, who are you playing for then? This for is Wanderers, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Wanderers. I only ever played for one club, for the Wanderers, yeah. So Are you one I, club man? Yeah, not just one club, a lifer, 12, from the age of 12 till I stopped. That's um, fantastic. Yeah, and I was just really well. going, why, why, why are we all indoors? What, what are we doing? And, you know, it's, it's difficult to, it's, it's difficult for young me to understand why we went out, right? Imagine that, a full year, full year of that. So if, you know, if these youngsters, and these are different because they're, they're highly paid professionals, but I imagine at least one or two of them have done something silly over the last 12 months, but you don't put it on the public forum. That's, yeah. you know, that's not the reason why he's being suspended. He's been suspended for going to a party, but his missus couldn't, <laughs> I, I would, I mean, I would not be speaking to her if she was my missus. I would not be speaking to her. For oh. that on I, let, let, if you want to get really serious, how much money has that cost him? Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. Serious wedge now it's cost him because yeah. it's about 20 grand a game they're on. Something like that. I don't know. A lot of money. Appearance money for Wales is a lot. And he's missed two. And Louis Rees Samet has just had a good game. He's not guaranteed to go back in the side. No, in, I think no, I do you know what? I think if it wasn't for if it wasn't for John Davis missing out on injury, if he'd still been fit and you know, and North was then yeah. playing on the wing, um, then potentially you've got um you know, he's, he's, he'd be struggling to get back into the place. And again, in like, you know, in Lions year as well. Right. Let's just quickly get your thoughts on the, uh, uh, on the brawling then Murph, as you've, as you've said, oh, there, yeah. <laughs> one, one Saturday afternoon in, uh, in I, I got to say, I got to say Jed as well, Murph should definitely have taken that question. His answer was so much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had no idea what wormhole we were going to go down. There, but, um, <laughs> but it was brilliant. It might be the I'll, best. It listen, might be the best we've ever gone though. A lot of people have criticised Josh Adams for that, and you know, his position means that he couldn't get away with it. You know, mm. but 
ultimately, I think a lot of people have done things which haven't been caught on camera. That's all I'm yeah. getting at over the last 12 months or so. And posting it on a public forum, and wow, that was dull. Uh, yeah. but I think the brawl is a healthy thing in the squad. Do you? Myself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of these, like, normally, right, again, if this has happened in the lead-up to the World Cup when Gatlin's in charge, I wouldn't have batted an eyelid at it. I don't think anyone would have, because you just go, right, it's two players, highly charged, um, and, then, you know, it's that training session where ball's been left out of the side. Adrenaline is, you know, adrenaline's massively up. It's a scrap. It happens. But it's the fact it's the fact that it's it's come in the week of all these other distractions and we've had another shit game. It just like it's all of these things are just like distractions that you think, is there something that's not quite right in that camp? And you don't know because you're not in there. But it's not ideal when you have a performance as bad as that. You've had a player suspended for uh, for breaching COVID rules and uh, and your second row has sparked out your captain. Not that he's not that he sparked him out, but he's given him a shiner. Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't affect Alan Wynn's performance today. No, it didn't. He was excellent. Actually. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. On top of everything else that happens, it probably looks a bit odd. But I mean, back in the in the days when people were allowed to throw punches, yeah, in rugby, I think it happened quite a lot in training. I mean, that was practice for Saturday. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't read too much into that. I, I, I reckon if he hadn't had a shiner, they wouldn't have even told the media. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not even sure they did because I think they. It was. Um, yeah, I think they were. I think they were asked to comment about it, weren't they? When the rugby paper ran with it. But All right. anyway, yeah, no. Look, I think. I think you're right. In, in any other time, I wouldn't have batted an eyelid to it. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, certainly, certainly another uh, another little distraction uh, this week. Right, a couple more questions uh, to get through before we wrap up and have a look ahead to the game against Scotland. Um, and we've spoken about it a number of times. And it's the line out. A, how do we address it? Um, and B, this one from from John Lewis. When did uh, Wales last have a decent line out? Was it the Bob Norster era? It does feel like <laughs> that, doesn't it? It does like it does feel like it's been a very very long time since it's been. It, it's only ever been in like that I can remember. It's been in like little, you know, maybe it's, it's gone well for a season or for a Six Nations. That was a while when Chris Wyatt was a revelation. And that was great. And then there was a while when uh, when Charteris seemed to really come in and shore things up. And there was the one last uh, the last time we won the Grand Slam, which um, which it just seemed to go really really well as well. But it's never been. It's what what is it about Wales not being able to to put to put together um, a consistently functioning lineup? You want that down or me? No, if I think that's got you that one. Um, I'll see if uh, well. It, there was, like you're right about the Grand Slam year, we had mm. the highest percentage rate in the world in that year. Yeah. Um, that was uh, Adam Beard, and he was called back in today. Yeah. So you think he, he is probably the best line of forward we got in terms of getting him off the ground. Uh, so you think that would help. But it, it's funny because they met, it was the Autumn Internationals when they pulled up that figure about the Welsh lineup being the most reliable in the world. I, uh, and I think it was the day we played Australia in a yeah, it was, know, and then it completely fell apart in that game yeah. against Australia. So uh, there's been there's been times when it's you know been awful and you know and for quite a n- number of games in a row. I don't think it's been as consistently bad as it has in this last six months. Mm. Yeah, I mean it looks it looks as bad now as it as it ever has, doesn't it? And it's just. It's just making life so much difficult because the minute that things start to go wrong, it means you don't need to get involved in the aerial ping pong. You can kick for touch. 
you can kick for touch knowing that you're going to contest because Wales have got nothing nothing to come back with. They're just terrified of losing the ball. Exactly. Every team that plays us can just play the touch lines. If, if, they, if, if they've got no other way out, they can just kick in the touch and know it's 50-50, they'll have it back. Yeah, no, 100%. Should we uh, take a look at the... Um, at the, the Scotland fixture now, I suppose that we, you know, we always like to talk about selection for this because it's an interesting, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to play selector, right? So we are going to do it. But before we get into this, I, I'm one of these where like uh, at this moment in time, so much stuff feels like it's broken that I feel like you could have the reincarnated uh, version of the, the 70s side all playing at their best, but built like brick shit houses and they wouldn't be able to do anything. You know what I mean? It just feels like there's so much stuff to address that selection is the least, um, is the least of our worries. If you see what I mean? Yeah. Selection, definitely not the issue. Definitely. Not, not. is it? No, it's organizational. Like, um, it's, well, it's, it's all the same personnel in the lineup and it, none of them seem to know or have any confidence in whenever the call's made. I don't know who the lineup caller is at the moment. I assume it's Alan Wynn, is it? Um, the message goes over to Ken Owens and like I said earlier he, he doesn't look confident at all right. he's looking down the line I'm thinking this might work <laughs> but I, I honestly you know I, I, they have turned the scrum around so maybe they can turn the line around I don't know yeah it feels like scrum was personnel doesn't it it really does like you look back yeah. at the autumn and think it was a mistake picking Reese Carey um, yeah. because you say he doesn't he hasn't got enough scrummaging miles under his belt to to be starting uh, international uh, international level, uh, you know. Again, I like. I know Elias has copped a lot of stick, and, and his performances weren't good. Um, but scrummaging is the one area of his game that is that's probably you know scrummaging and, and in the loose is where he's at his absolute strongest. Um, but yeah, it definitely felt like it was it was selection in the autumn for for the scrum, and they've and they've got their they've got the front row that works now, but. That type five that, that went today and with the back row forward options that you've got in there should be enough to have. There's enough in there for uh, for a functioning line out, but for some reason it is, it's just not working. Um, but let, anyway, as I say, it is fun to play selector. So let's, uh, let's have a look. Dan, would you be looking at making any changes for the game against Scotland at Murrayfield? Well, we're going to be forced to make a few, aren't we? Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, after you know, after the head knocks and knocks today. So, yeah, for me, I would, i bring in uh, Watkin at 12. Would you? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah i bring I bring Watkin at 12 and I'd make a shift for this particular game uh, against Scotland. I, I'd move, I'd move half penny to the wing and I put Liam at fullback for... Uh, is he, avail- uh, is he available? I wasn't sure whether he was available or not. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he was available for this game, but potentially not. Go on, you can talk us talk us yeah. through it while um while I quickly yeah. Google that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a good shout though if he is available. I mean, as soon as he's available, he's straight in. No doubt about that. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I just yeah, I'm thinking obviously posi- position. Finn Russell's going to be going to be pulling the strings isn't he kicking well if he gets his kicking game right then it's it's difficult to defend but we've with with that back three then we'd have Liam Halfpenny and 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 Zamit all all positionally pretty good I thought Zamit played really well today in the in, in, defensively and 
by switching Liam to fullback. I just think from an attacking perspective, we we need to offer something in the back line at the moment. And mm. uh, I'm I'm with Murph and and you, Jen, in terms of its its tactics, isn't it, at the moment that aren't working, it's operational as opposed to personnel. But I just think Liam is somebody that can can bring something out of out of nowhere, can create some offloads and 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 maybe we'll We'll catch a couple of weak shoulders, so I'd I'd probably make look to make a change there. And I think Walking has been a little bit hard done by. I think he's playing really well for 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 uh, for the Ospreys. He's in he's in form at the moment. His his error count is very very low at international level, and I think we're going to have our, our hands full a bit in the in the it, 10, 12, 13 challenge. It, it, it might be forced anyway because the way. Um... Johnny Williams was helped down the tunnel. I, I, it doesn't. It doesn't look like he's going to be. He's going to look like a guy who was going to brush it off and be back next week at all. So, yeah, he'll be. He'll be out. But there's a there's a few calls, aren't there, from from people saying, you know, do do we bring in, you know, do we bring in Kieran Williams into the squad? It's um, not. It's not the time to be bringing in a rookie. I don't think. I thought I would. I would be more tempted to do that, Dan. Like you say, go with go with Watkin because I will tell you one thing, and we've said this before, right? His his rip at least offers you something in defence. That is a, that is as good as having a seven over the ball. As good as as good as Pocock or or McCaw, isn't it? It's like in terms of winning you some. It turnover can change again. Yeah, can, can win you two games. Game, can win you two of those in a game, and that and that's more than we look like doing um, elsewhere on the pitch at the moment. So I'd be half tempted with that. It, it won us a World Cup quarter final against France. It did, when... yeah. Tips ripped the ball off uh, the scrum off, and yeah, and we ended up going over. Ross Moriarty ended up going over. So, yeah, yeah. we need those. These we need these little points, don't we? And or, or big points rather, because we don't look as if we can win a turnover at the moment. I thought Navidi had his hands on the ball. Maybe 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 once or twice we hard done by maybe one today. But other than that, and you know, up against um, uh, Murph, your 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 pal your pal Richie and uh, and Watson. I'm, <laughs> I mean, how could <laughs> How good were those two? You know, those... Shane's boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it, not... you're not you're not going to win many turnovers against the, the way Scotland have been played yesterday. So you know you, you're not going to you're not going to uh, turn them over at the breakdown. So people like Owen Watkins might be our best chance of getting any turnover ball from Scotland. Um, I mean, they they got real. They seem to be is uh, uh, Graham? Is it the number eight that played? Uh, yeah. This seems real um, balance in there. Ferguson started at eight, and Ferguson then, and then, and then George brother. Graham came off the. Not George, it's George Graham's <laughs> dad. No, 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 that was his dad, oh. though, not the, not the football manager. <laughs> Gary Graham. Gary Graham. George Graham. Graham. That's what I was thinking of, Gary Graham. But the, that, with those, whichever number eight they play, there seems like real balance in their back mm. room now. I mean, when, when you're on the front foot, right there, everything is much easier than when you're playing for Wales. But um, Well, it is, but you know, you've got. I, th- I think if you'd have looked at that Scotland pack in the. In the World Cup, which was not that long ago, you know, eighteen months ago, you'd have you wouldn't have said that that would have been a dominant pack. You would have been one of those where you go, you're reliant on the back row to to win you turnovers, which you know which they can do. That they didn't look like relinquishing the ball when they had it. You know, they could go through phase after phase. It was really dominant front five, back row, and again, I think you know, I think Ferguson and um, both of them actually going in, smashing through rucks, getting the ball um, made a bit made a big big difference. And and you're right, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like you've got much much of a sniff at the break. Uh, certainly, at turning ball over at the breakdown. Yeah, they just uh, seem so well drilled, don't they? Uh, so they, they 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 everyone knows what they're doing, when they're doing it, and how they're doing it. 
And if you get those bits right, it's, you know, it's difficult to stop a, for, a, a forward pack, isn't it? That, that everyone knows what their jobs and what they're doing and you rely on each other. And they've, I can't see them. I don't think that'll be a, I don't think that's a one-off. You know, I think they'll, they're going to be, they're going to be bang up for this with us coming up there. The, the, uh, the other thing is that they had injuries as well. You know, front row injuries was a third choice hooker, I think yesterday. And what yeah. a game he had, George what, Turner, by the way. He was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah. So, um, Big performance from him. Yeah, they've just been, uh, I think what's happened is they've been well coached and we haven't. <laughs> well, it's true. But again, you know, playing playing devil's advocate here after the Rugby World Cup and this time last year, you know, there was a lot of people suggesting that Townsend was out of his depth because he'd, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they failed to fire at the World Cup. And, you know, and... Uh, Finn Russell was behaving like Murph on a Saturday afternoon in, uh, <laughs> in 1997, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Um, um, but you, is Danny Wilson still the forwards coach or did he move on when he went no, to Glasgow? He, I think he moved on when he went to Glasgow, but whoever it is is doing a, doing a great job. job. Yeah. And yeah, and like you say, you know, that's certainly a message for Tandy because not conceding a try at Twickenham is pretty, you know, is a sign of a pretty well-drilled defence. Yeah. Even if the opposition are just kicking all the way, kicking away all their quick ball. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's to go, just to go full circle with that was the mental thing. It's like the first two minutes of that of that game, England's ball was so quick that I just thought, oh god, you know maybe this isn't going to be Scotland's day. You know, let's just hope they're able to they're able to dig in. And after that, they just they just did nothing with it. Even when they had the quick ball, like even right in the the death of the game. Um, they were well, kicking yeah, away they kicked, they kicked it away then, didn't they? Huh. Yeah. yeah. I think they, I think they, they have been piggybacking up field on penalties rather yeah. than actually moving the ball through the hands or, or you know, because a lot of the time in the autumn it would be set piece two two phases right. If they hadn't if they hadn't broken through, it was cross field kick then to Johnny May, uh, and so if they hadn't gained a penalty from any any phase uh, breakdown or 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 um. Uh, or set piece. There was no way for them to get up the field. Yeah, and, um, I think maybe I don't know. Teams are catching on to it and just not either. Just uh, their scrum is weaker because of injuries. The English side, and uh, if you don't give them any penalties, they don't actually make much ground until you know. Then obviously, when they're in year twenty-two, they go into their power game and all that. But, Murph, your uh, point from last week about the um, there being no crowds and the crowd getting on the back's ref. I wonder yeah. if that made an impact because the, the penalty difference was, yeah. the swing was enormous, wasn't it? He would have been booed to death. Oh, oh yeah. Because the first 20 minutes is about 10-1 in penalties or 10-2 or something. Um, and I don't think any of those, like again, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe this is me three San Miguel's deep um, with uh, with very <laughs> anti-English glasses on, but None of them, none of them look like harsh calls, really. To me, you know, again, scrum. Some of them, you know, you can you can debate either way, but it, it looked to me like England lacking discipline rather than the ref, uh, yeah, rather than the ref particularly favouring Scotland. I'd agree with that. I thought he refed ref well. Well, it's the same ref who got tons of abuse from the Amazon Cup final. Was uh, it? Yeah, because he uh, uh, social media decided he favoured England drastically in that game and uh, was pulled out of his next game after that. I don't know where his next game is supposed to be, but he ended up not refing it. Uh, and then next time they play, he's back in. So he's actually a Canton boy as well, Andrew Brace. Of course, of course. Yeah. Now, I don't, I, somehow, he went to the same school as me, much younger. Uh, I don't know I don't know him at all. Um, so how I don't, I mean, my mates are amazed that he's a Canton boy and I don't know him. 
I bet he knows, he knows you. He knows you. Yeah. He played for Belgium, apparently. International rugby for Belgium. So... I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> I, don't know. I, <laughs> I definitely remember having this conversation with you last week, Murph. I just can't remember if the microphone was on or not. Oh right! Oh god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm repeating myself. I got another dementia clinic this week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, well, let's uh, let's have a quick chat about uh, about changes that you'd make then, Murph. Obviously, I think we we kind of covered the covered the backs. So, well, I, we have covered the backs off, but Thomas Williams went off, and and that didn't look good to me. Um, no, well, if, it's a, if it's a hamstring, which is exactly what it looked like, he's not going to be back until well, six weeks from now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, that just goes through, just move down the rank and he'll call up Reese Webb, probably. Oh, quite possibly, <laughs> yeah. And we're back to where we started saying that we needed a bit of con- continuity at nine. Um, and I, you know, I thought again, from an individual perspective, he looked lively, Thomas Williams. You know, I think he looked like he's. He had had what it's got in the locker to, to make a game changing difference. It's just again, you know, it's it's ended after a half, and we're going to end up chopping and changing with uh, with the halfbacks yet again. Um, but let's have a look at the forwards. So, enforced changes that are going to be need to happen there. Obviously, Lydia, uh, you would imagine is uh, is done for for a while. Um, any other changes you'd make in the pack? I mean, presumably Navidi just comes straight in there. Yeah, it's depending on we came out today because it's for, what did he pace? Uh, well, like 70, 70 minutes, I think. Yeah, so as long as he hasn't come up with any tight hamstring or anything, uh, I mean, Aaron Wainwright will move up onto the bench and mm. we go into the starting 15. I wouldn't change much in the pack. Uh, I thought Will Rowland was okay when he came on, so mm. maybe he might have um, Adam Beard under pressure. Because, I mean, Adam Beard's presence didn't help the line out. No, so, it didn't. Um, possibly there, a bit of bulk. Um, otherwise, no, you wouldn't. I mean, the, the scrum was good, so you wouldn't change that. All right. Let's quickly have a look um, at the other fixtures uh, and get some predictions in there. So England have a chance to bounce back against Italy. That's the first game of uh, of the weekend. Again, at Twickenham, uh, anything other than a, a handsome victory there to bounce back or, uh, or could we well, see a little upset? I don't think we'll see an upset, but the most interesting thing to see will be selection for that game from Eddie Jones. Mm-hmm. Because... Like it's obviously broke at the moment, so um, and it's not just selection; it's patterns of play. Mm. So uh, I don't. It, it, I mean, it's obvious he's going to have to play George Ford if he wants to play any rugby. So it's whether he then puts Farrell to twelve, and then then you drop in Ollie Lawrence, Ollie Lawrence having had one game where he didn't have, he got past the ball once, I think, in the match. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. Some the, probably the most interesting selection. Uh, of the week is is what he what Eddie Jones does now. I mean, he's, you know, I, I would suggest right that Eddie Jones's record, his track record, shows you that he is a you know he's an excellent he's an excellent head coach, right? Um, <laughs> but I can't fathom like some of his selections just still I, I can't ha- I can't understand why he still thinks Daly's his best best option at fifteen. No, no. I, just, I I can't quite I can't quite get my head around that a fine player that he is I don't think he's a 15 um, no. I still can't get my head around these occasions where he wants to put a Toji in the back row um, and just you know and play the, and play one of the world's best locks out of position uh, and you know mind you I suppose Dan Robson's performance off the bench showed perhaps why he, he persists with Youngs but um, <laughs> he also thinks 12, 12 and 13 are uh, 
are interchangeable and, and, and the same position. Yeah, which is odd, isn't it? That is strange. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. You know, what, you know, I'd like to be, I'd like to be a journalist this week, and whatever press conference he holds, either for the selection or whatever, or whatever the, I don't know what the protocol is, but whatever the, the first press conference this week, this week, I'd like to be in there and say, Eddie, do you ever miss? <laughs> Do you ever miss coaching Japan? <laughs> but if you were interviewing, <laughs> yeah, I would see, absolutely love that. <laughs> hey, Eddie, the little, answer it, please. The little frown come over his face because yeah. he hates the wrong question. And you can see the displeasure on his face. Hey, look, mate, you know, I've never I've never seen you in one of these before. You don't know what the protocol is. You come in here asking whether, whether you know, 12 or 30. You ask me if I'm missing Japan. Get out of here. Well, that's almost as good as your Sean Holly. <laughs> yeah, can we have some stats from on the stat pad, please? <laughs> right, it's, no, no, uh, I'd like I'd like some comedy questions to be asked of Eddie Jones because he sometimes loses his sense of humour, doesn't he? You know, when, when he's under pressure. Yeah, I'm never sure whether it's a great deflecting act, a la you know Mourinho, Brian Clough, or I, I, there's definitely occasions where it just gets under his skin, isn't there? Like it's mm. you know it, it, that he, there was one. I know he, he came out after. They beat us at Twickenham a few years back and was banging on about everyone was, you know, you had it in for Mike Brown and he's a he's a world-class performer. And he dropped him two games later, you know. It's like, I just, I don't know. The guy's a bit of a wind-up merchant. But yeah, I can, I, I agree. I think the most interesting thing about that will be England selection. So I think a heavy, a heavy, I can see them bouncing back with a heavy win there just based on, you know, if there is if there is a pack, you're going to you're gonna roll over. Um, it'll be Italy or Wales's. Um, and then, okay, Scotland, Wales, I'm going for Scotland by seven there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, on, on this weekend's form, that would represent a bit of a result for us because we mm. wouldn't have been stuffed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't thought about next week. It's, it's only, it feels like the game finished half an hour ago. Uh, yeah, we'd, I mean, we do well to be close to them after, after, this, after this performance and their performance. We do really well to get to within seven. So, yeah, you're right. Daniel? Yeah, it's painful, isn't it? But I, I'd agree. Um, can't see anything but, uh, but a Scotland win off, off this weekend's uh, performances anyway. So I'm going to go Scotland by, by seven. And then next weekend's Sunday fixture is Ireland at home to France. Uh, again, we're going with the we're going with the form book here. There's a lot of injuries for Ireland to worry about. A lot, judging by uh, judging by this afternoon, it didn't look it didn't look good for a lot of those players. I would say. Me or Dan? Oh, take your pick. Go on, Murph. You go first. Well, I I already think France. I, I think they're going to win the whole thing and probably Grand Slam as well. So, um, like, um, they're going to be missing Peter Omani because of suspension. Uh, it might be missing Sexton because of high, uh, uh, concussion protocols. Yeah. Plus all the other injuries that went on. And even if they were all there, especially, you know, because uh, I, I said before, I think the spine of their team is um, wobbly and over the hill and everything else. It all, uh, falls, it, it all falls down with that Sexton and it always has. Like they yeah. just don't have anyone to fill the bit. And even they actually, you know, again, today, I think, it showed why he's still in that tension. You know, I think they had, I think they had to rebuild after the, after the world cup and they chose not to, and they kept him on as captain, but mm. he is still their best 10, isn't he? You know, I, I, th- I think he oh, is. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I, I don't see anyone taking that mantle on at the moment. No, well, the no. thing is, he's been so, he's been so dominant. 
that the, the next guy coming through can't turn up and be dominant because he's the new boy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He bosses everything, tells everyone what to do, and he has done since he was in his very early 20s. The new guy can't come in with that personality because he's not going to be – you don't come in and be a leader straight away. Yeah. So I think they've got to grasp the net off sooner rather than later on, on the number 10 jersey. And, but, and, but anyway, that aside, I think either us or Ireland or us, probably us, is going to get a tonk in our France. So because um, they're, just, they're just a bit of a machine at the moment. They've got, they got everything in their favour. So um, they can't see anything other than France winning myself next week. Dan? Yeah, I think if if Sexton was there, I it's something about I could see Ireland because they're they're in a bit of a funny they're they're a bit of a bit of sixes and sevens at the moment, aren't they? There's a lot of discontent, I think, with the coaches over there. A lot of the Irish public aren't happy. I I could see Ireland just sort of grinding out, you know, really sort of grinding out a win over there, but without without Sexton. Um, I can't see that. I can't see that happening at all. And again, no crowds. I think the Irish crowd uh, really sort of get whip whip everything up, don't they? So France, uh, I, I predict France to to get a win there. Yeah, no, I, I can only I can only see that going one way. Um, and yeah, yeah. The more you talk about it, Murph, the more I can see a, a tonking taking place at some point. Uh, but anyway, that has absolutely flown by. <laughs> Thank you, gents. Enjoyed that. A good, uh, a good wrap up for the uh, for the weekend. Even if, uh, yeah, even if it, it wasn't uh, the Wales performance we uh, we wanted to see, um, we of course will be back next week to look at all these uh, all of these results. So uh, a big thank you again for all your listeners' questions, and thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, then you can do so on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. We'd love to hear your thoughts, and if you want to leave us a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or uh, wherever you. Uh, yeah, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, finally, again, once uh, as we always do, a we finish with a thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Get your hands on some great coffee at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. Right, we'll be back to chat rugby with you very, very soon. Podcast Network.